Okay, we should be smart enough to figure out how to disarm this bomb. You always have to cut one of the wires, either the red, the blue, or the yellow. It's, cut the red wire. Cut, cut the red wire. The red wire. Cut the red wire. It's always the red wire. Why, do you, why are you saying that? Because they always cut the blue wire. You just said the red wire. No, he said blue wire. You said red wire. Oh, crap, I'm colorblind. Oh, I'm... Jesus. Okay. <sighs> why does it matter what color the wire is? Colours of wire are interchangeable. It's not like the current changes depending on what colour the outside always, plastic they, they sheet make is. One wire. The, the, the terrorists always just have a red wire so you know which one to cut. Do they give out a kit? Is it like a Dick Smith set? It must be. Look, everything I've ever seen is always red, blue. It's one of the wires. Is it colour or wire? Look, I think we need to figure out what the wires are connected to. Why is it ticking? Well, it's a bomb. It's ticking. But it's, but it's ticking. Yeah. Look, and see, and the timer's going down on the digital reader. Oh. Is this a real bomb? I don't know whether this is a real bomb. Is it? Oh. I'm going to put some tea on. Okay, that was miscalculated. Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Merry what? Christmas, Gregoire. Merry Christmas, Dan Beeston. I like Christmas. Uh, me too. People look at me and go, well, that Greg, he's a bit of a sceptical kind of guy. He mustn't like Christmas. And how wrong they are. Yeah. I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas. Everyone is always so happy when they're not freaking out. It's brilliant. I love going Christmas shopping. Oh. Like, surrounded by thousands oh. of people. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's like, it's, a, it's like a community <laughs> hug. Oh, I went, I went out with The Fiend. And, and he, uh, he looks like a biker, a lovely man. But he... But he we, acts like a puppy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you don't know that when you look at him. Like, oh. But and so he said, do you want to come with me? Uh, it's two in the morning. The shops are open at the shopping centre, massive shopping centre. Come with me, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll um, if you want to live. No, uh, come with me if you uh, if you, you want to come around. I'd never done it before, so I went. Hey, new experience. I'm open to new experiences. I'll go. Yeah. And, and then I get there, and it was my own personal hell. <laughs> I, I, I'm not good in, in crowds. I'm not good at angry crowds, and I'm not good at angry crowds that don't that want to kill me to get something. <laughs> it, was, it was the night before Christmas, or two nights before Christmas, or something like that, and it was awful. I, I had the scariest time. I kind of just this just dread going up and down my spine, and I felt like I was uh, I must have been I must have just turned thirty, I think, and I felt like I was seven again because Simon's yeah, yeah, yeah. holding on to my dad's hand, going, "Help me, Simon!" <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Oh, don't worry about it." He's pushing through people. I'm like, "Oh, it's humans everywhere." Yeah. You see, I, I don't like I don't like crowds like at a concert where everyone's having a good time and jumping up and down <laughs> because I'm like, I do not want to jump up and down with these people. I am not a sheep. I get really anxious about being part of the mob. I get a little red flag going up going everyone is doing the same thing <laughs> so question everything but but, but hang on but, but, but I find that funny because you bought the ticket that everyone else did so you, you've already done the thing that everyone else did to come through to be in that place yeah, ah. yeah, but I, well, most of the time it happens is someone else has bought the ticket for me. Oh, okay, friend. I oh. like to sit up the back. So you're you're a filthy, filthy scab. Yes. <laughs> the hell with you. <laughs> But Christmas shopping, mm. everyone's a bit tense. Everyone's like, I've got to get this thing, got to get this thing. And I wander in there with a big fucking grin on my face. <laughs> and just, and, and, and oh, the thing you're is, that guy that everyone hates. No. Look no, at that no, no, guy. No. no, because what happens is you, you, get to, you get to walk around and then occasionally you'll meet someone's eye who's just kind of like, oh, Christmas shopping. And you'll meet their eye and give them a great big smile. And they go, oh, that's right, it's Christmas and human beings aren't all horrible. And I, oh. I, get, I get such a thrill out of walking around and, and making people, reminding people that that everything isn't shit. Oh, Dan, that's like, are you sure? Remember, remember, I think in times of stress, 
we forget that the prefrontal cortex of our brains, mm. where the human part of us is. You think they're snarling at me? And I think yeah, they're going, that man's showing his teeth. I'm going to bite his face. And they show their teeth. And it's just, it's a, that it's, would explain it's some of the traditions that have built up around me over the years. <laughs> But Christmas is awesome. If you don't like Christmas, I'm sorry for you. Christmas is great. This is the time of the year. Yeah. And 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 it, I even like I even like the things that are bad, like going to see your family. Bad in inverted commas. He says air commas. <laughs> it's uh, it's like going to see your family, and even if you fight with them, it's that kind of tradition of hanging out and fighting with your family, and <laughs> and, and, and being kind of annoyed at them and getting dodgy presents. I, I know. I really like it. Like when I was a kid. Oh, don't you oh. love the Christmas conversation? Oh, so geez, there's a lot of dark people around. <laughs> well, Grandma. <laughs> Or politics. Um, it's, it's, that's a lot more fun. You go somewhere and, you, and your sister, who is, is diametrically politically opposed to everything you believe in, goes, OK, Greg, here's why. You're wrong. <laughs> and you're like, woo, it's time to fight. It must be Christmas. <laughs> it's Round the- one. <laughs> <Sha-ching>! <laughs> it's a fatality. It was brilliant. And as I got older, so when I was younger, my sister's sort of uh, quite a few years older than me, actually six or seven years older than me. So she was always had the mental capacity to argue a lot better when we first started these arguments. I was like a teenager full of fire and yeah. vigor. But she, of course, had knowledge and fact on her side. So she demolished <laughs> me. And then I sort of crept into my 20s, and she was sort of creeping out of her 20s. And suddenly I could, uh, we were kind of on equal footing. Like we could start having... And these... she's going to get sin on faster, too. <laughs> then you're going to well, have no, the upper no, hand. What's really sad is... As, as as, as, as it happens, as you get older, you start to become slightly more conservative. So my uh, my burn the state viewpoint has kind of mellowed slightly. Oh dear. So no, and she and she's become slightly more progressive. So we kind of met one day. We we, we met one day. We had an argument and went. We're arguing the same point. Yeah. Went, oh no. <laughs> What happened Combined, to the Combined, no one will defeat us. <laughs> what happened to the hate? What happened to the Christmas hate? Christmas is ruined. <laughs> but I like my, my tradition. I don't know what your traditions are, but my Christmas tradition is to... And I do the same on my birthday, just so you know. So, so uh, Jesus' supposed birthday and mine, which yeah, I, like to, I like to join. Yeah. <laughs> as you do. Um, I always stay up. Uh, so I, I always see the day in. That midnight, yeah. I always see it in, and I always see it out. I can sleep in the middle if I want to, yeah. but but I always make sure I see both sides, and I like that. It's my thing. So even if no one else is up, I make sure I'm up at midnight on both times. And I go, "Hello, Christmas. Goodbye, Christmas." I like. I it. do that every single night. Yeah, yeah. I'm very festive. <laughs> I just hi Christmas in a week's time. How are you? <laughs> Waving. Hi. Oh no, Christmas is wonderful. I'm all full of glow now. <laughs> First time I felt Christmassy. It's good. And, they, and they're, dist- they're disturbing Valkyries in, in the mall, in, in the shopping mall. You know, <laughs> have angels. Oh, oh there are angels, like big uh, polystyrene. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Fiberglass and, and, angels. Yeah, or and, and, and like angel statues. But but uh, just don't my, blink. But it, yeah, it's, it's where my brain, <laughs> Doctor Who. It's where my brain goes to is, is like Valkyries, like like they they swoop down on the battlefields, plucking the souls of the dead. And you realise it's the wrong religion. But hey, it's all the same to me, so I don't care. <laughs> it's, Take me to Valhalla. Give me mead. <laughs> uh, the, the Carol of the Bells done great big bad bells and hammers. That's awesome. And then cute great big chariots flying. Like, like just uh, an entire swarm of Valkyries on flaming chariots and, and, and flying unicorn pegasus. And... <laughs> Da, 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 da. Here's your Christmas present. Thank you. <laughs> your Christmas present is to die with honor. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wrong size, wrong <laughs> colour. It's, 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 it's Norse or Klingon, we're not terribly sure. <laughs> What an intro. I know. That's what a fucking intro. Don't let me cut down quite a bit. 20 minutes off. Go, I am not trusting it. It's all gold. And now to take the shine off the Christmas spirit. You can't. It's time it's for... It's not possible. It's time for the Chris Kringle walk of shame. <laughs> but the good news is I don't think there's many mistakes that you made. Last month. Oh, uh, that's not probably not true. Although, that's quite not quite true. Mm. For one thing, we were talking about the greatest American hero yes, in yes. our point five episode. And I said, you know, the interesting thing is that the greatest American hero, he was a, actually a science teacher. And without a beat, you went, that's right. He, he was. was a science he, teacher. Mr. Hinckley. Mr. Hinckley, yes. Was in fact a special needs teacher. Was he really? Not a science teacher. Really? Yes. That's so weird. That's so ingrained in my brain that he was a science teacher. My entire reason for being a teacher is dead. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you can take those red pajamas off. That's now. right. That's right. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, uh, Mr. Hinckley, the show was actually broadcast for the first time a week before Ronald Reagan's attempted assassination by, by Hinckley. Hinckley. That's right. Yes. And I... so, from that point on, for the first season, they actually dubbed over the, that name with Mr. H. Oh, so that's they, why he was... He was oh. called Mr. H, and then towards the end of it, when they started filming more stuff, they changed his name to, like, Huntley or something. And then in the second season, they just went, ah, <laughs> oh, the hell with this, and turned like, it back to Hinkley. He didn't die. Reagan's fine. He's all Reagan's more ornery fine. than ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Reagan can't even remember it anymore. That's right. <laughs> he remembers. We shoot our presidents all the time. <laughs> Actually, you guys do. You Americans. What's, what's the deal, man? Like, five... I think you've, you've, you've killed five or you've shot four. You've killed four and shot five. Yeah. Like, that's pretty full on, man. What's that about? And you blew one up or something? We just or... lost one. That's all we've done. We yeah, lost one. Well, yeah. Have we talked to him before? I think we might. Harold Holt. Harold no. Holt. Yes, Harold, Harold, Holt. Harold Holt. Yes, we lost him. He went swimming. This is true. This is true. Fun fact yeah. for the uh, people not from Australia and the people who are too young to remember. Yeah. Our Prime Minister, like the most important man in the country, went swimming by himself and vanished. And vanished. And they never found his body. Never, you talk to some people in Australia, and they're like, really, this happened? Like, yes. Like, it's not like, oh my God, we lost the Prime Minister. It's, it's oh, this happens. We, we lose things all the time. It's a big country. Big country. Big, big ocean. There's a lot of space. Big sharks. Big sharks. And there were theories. That, that, there were theories that there was like a midget submarine or something from a, an enemy power. That yeah. Had, and you're like, how did they know where he was to come down and put a submarine off the ship? I love, I love this stuff. Yeah, they yeah. grabbed him, and now he's somewhere with his braid in a jar or something. I love that sort of mind <laughs> that comes up with that. You go, it could just be he drowned. Uh, and it's a big ocean and you got eaten by fish. Yeah. But, but, you know. Or, do you know crocodiles swim in the ocean? Crocodiles saltwater crocodiles swim in the ocean, in, in the salt water. It's a, <laughs> strangely enough. Oddly enough. They don't just get lots of salt and put but it they, in the sea. But, and they can swim for ages, yeah, yeah. like hundreds of kilometres. Yeah, and they just wait, man. They can smell the prime ministerial power. Like, bam! And they become the prime minister. That's how it works. That's how it works yeah. in our country. You kill the prime minister, you become the prime minister. Okay. I, I shouldn't say that because that means I've just told people to kill a prime minister. Yeah. Don't kill a prime minister. Now, this isn't a walk of shame. The helicopters. We were talking about helicopters yes. and wondering about weights. Yes. You're dead right. Boom. L the lightest helicopter, about 600 kilos. There you go. Like a car. Yeah. Uh, the heaviest one is 16 tonne. Right. 16 tonne held up by those little blades. Yeah, And yeah. the Bernoulli effect. <laughs> Nice. Uh, serotonin. Yes. Now, I was saying that when you take ecstasy, your receptors release all of the serotonin. Dopamine. Were you... What? Dopamine? Or no, no. serotonin? Serotonin. Oh, okay, right. So I was saying that they... L-dopa. The, the receptors 
the exhibitors release all of the exhibitors. serotonin. Yeah, oh, exhi- exhibitors. Yeah, is that what they're called? I don't know. The releases. Yeah, the releases. <laughs> and they release it all into the body at the same time. But you said that you thought that it actually stopped the Bl- intake of them. Yeah, blocks the. Yeah. What happens is that there is a little tiny part of the of the brain that takes in serotonin and releases it. And oh. what happens is that instead of becoming an in-out attribute of the brain, it just becomes out. So not only does it release everything, but it won't let anything else in. Right. So we're both it, right. How does it get picked up then? If it's only releasing, how does it get? How does it? The chemical get to the parts of the brain that it needs to be in. Well, it releases the chemical into the into the bloodstream and into the brain because the releases are the things that keep it secure. Yes. And then it releases it so that it affects other parts of the brain. Right. No, no, that's the, no that's, that still hasn't answered my question, which is, is the Ecchi Tuesday, the, de- the coming down, because you haven't got enough serotonin in your body, which is what you were saying, you know, the serotonin's run out because you've, you've had a big weekend of drug taking, naughty, naughty, or is it that there's still serotonin in your body, but the, the, the pickup mechanism in the other part of the body where that pickup mechanism is that just flooded with serotonin? And it's like, we can't take anymore. Move back. We can't, we can't deal with this. It's, like, it's, uh, like, it's ha- it, like having too many cars going through the tollway. It's all blocked. All right. No, it's, uh, there's, there's just no serotonin stored anywhere right. in the body because it, the things yeah. that are supposed to store it are not... Uh, capturing it at all, Not they can't capture it. it or doesn't it, so it doesn't make it. it. It captures it and then releases it. Yes. It, well, it, it, it captures. Where's it come from then? The uh, from your diet and like those. It's not. It's not pure. So I don't. I don't know where the serotonin's made actually. Uh, it, well, guess- the serotonin's a part of the food, mm. like or a part of the process. I'm now very confused because where does dopamine fit into all this? Because if you have a depression, things like that, you take drugs which give you synthetic dopamine, and it's called L-dopa. One of them is called L-dopa, and L-dopa actually, it's a synthetic dopamine. Dopamine also calms your moods up. See, we don't know. We don't know. Oh, At any rate, yes. How can we confuse ourselves even more? I've confused myself even more now. I now know less than I did before, Dan. What's that about? That's called science. <laughs> Every, Every time year we learn, learn less and less. Every time you learn something, you discover two more things you didn't know. Oh, we have to look it up now. All right, now the big one. Oh. The heliopause. Oh. Our friend Roddy Land. Oh, yes. Hey, he, wrote, he wrote him before, didn't he? He has written him oh. before. Hello, Roddy Land. About quantum something or other and billiard tables. Heisenberg's and, uncertainty principle. And he said that you were a little bit shy on some of the more important details. Fair enough. And then you went, well, actually, this extremely competent scientist was also a bit shy on some of the details. <laughs> and you know what? We pretty much agree. So you got a bit pompous. And, uh, I did. I'm a bit of a fuck hard. I did. But. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it that's but great. you know what? Roddy Land's here to put you in your place. Nice. Thanks, Roddy Land. Thanks. Now, Thanks, uh, his, his big issue was your demonstration of well, the heliopause. Mm-hmm. Oh, the air one, the blowing. The blowing. The one. blowing. Yes. So when you blew air, yep. eventually there was a point where the speed of that air would slow down to zero. Yes. And that, that was your own personal wah wars. Yes. Which sounds like a video game wah from pause. the 80s. Wah pause. Wah pause. Wah yeah. pause. And so he said that that wasn't quite the way that it worked. Well, that involved an outside pressure. From what I understood yes. from what he was saying, it's more like, uh, and this is the demonstration that they always use online, mm. is water dripping into a sink, like dribbling into a sink. The water falls into the sink, hits the surface, and spreads out from that point. Yep. And it's like a flat surface. But on the rest of the water in the sink mm. uh, actually has all this energy, all this wave energy, which is bouncing all over the place. So there's a lot of energy outside there. So there's energy in the center shooting outwards, and there's energy on the outside pressing inwards. And so there's a point where those energies meet, or those energies yes. balance. It's a wall. And they create that wall yes. there. Well, it's, so, that's, that's fair enough. That's, it, it, what was wrong there was, it was the fact that when you're blowing air through a medium of air, 
I can see what he's saying there, as mm. in it's a vacuum of space, but but it's, it's blasting out. Yeah, so yeah. what you were saying is it's fric- it's like the, the air thing is a problem because it's friction just slowing it down to stop, whereas the heliopause is the energy of the sun radiating out mm. and the energy of the universe pushing in no and it becomes no. and it becomes a bubble it's like a balloon it's like that it's the, like the pressure of a balloon pressure, the inside not, pressure no. of a balloon and the outside pressure no. of the environment i have to argue that point no it's not that's not that's fine that it's that, that my example is not right the blowing the air out because i'm blowing air through a medium of air yeah. it, but it's not the universe pushing in there's no there's no pushing in involved at all it's the well, this, no, radiative uh, the radiative power of the sun the solar wind the plasma that comes out from the sun is, is all three dimensions all directions and there's interstellar medium there's hydrogen and all that's mainly hydrogen atoms of hydrogen and the power of the wind as it as when the think about when the sun first started it started pushing everything away from itself mm-hmm. pushing everything away pushing everything away the heliopause is when the sun's uh, solar wind slows down to its below its uh, supersonic speed so it goes into it's, it's lower than its speed of sound and that creates a shock wave and that's actually that's the first state that's the termination yeah. shock so that's the first bit so I think the, the but that's it, not the heliopause. The, the, the heliopause the is the one in the middle. The termination shock, heliopause, and the bow shock are all part of the heliopause complex. It's all part of the same thing. But the bow shock has all that energy of the universe hitting it. That's no, no, what no, makes no, it no, bow, no, right? no. There's no energy of the universe. There's no, there's no pressure from the outside. It's, it's. Imagine, imagine. Um, but that's what you told me last time. No, there was all no, this, no, this, this universal. No, no, no. I don't use medium. Words. I do not. This yes, medium is a medium. medium. So you're pushing into it. Doesn't mean it's pushing. It doesn't mean it's pushing back. It's not like saying, "Rah, I must crush the." The, the solar system it's not it's just sitting there doing its thing and the sun is pushing out now of course every action is opposite well not actually it doesn't always but uh, every action has an opposite and equal reaction so as it crashes into the interstellar medium it's being slowed down yes that's right I mean, that's that's still but it's not pushing it's not like the universe is if, if the sun suddenly stopped you wouldn't suddenly have an inrushing of interstellar medium it wouldn't just go and fill up the space. There's nothing pushing it in, if it makes sense. It's the sun's pushing out something that's not rel- relative to the solar system, not moving. Though I are- hope it is my hope that Roddy Land is only screaming at one of us at this point. <laughs> Probably me, but it's not. Thank God for the sun. Otherwise, the interstellar medium would crush us all. It's, it's not, that's not right. I'll accept the fact that yes, my analogy about the wind blowing was, was simplistic. Instead, instead of confusing the whole situation back and forth, I'm going to say this: the heliopause. Yes. Forget the mechanism. Yep. It is the fuzzy boundary, so it's not a direct boundary, it's the fuzzy boundary from where the influence of the sun stops. So it's as far as the sun reaches, like the sun with its little tentacles of interstellar uh, solar wind, that's the, the, the heliopause is when it no longer affects the, the universe, as in anything you meet outside of that area is not part of the sun's creation. Except the light that it casts. Well, yes, I suppose, but it's not—it's not effective. Yeah! It's not, no, but that's well. There's light everywhere. That's ridiculous. That's—it's uh, talking about solar wind. It's—it's. It's, I know. It's considered the boundary. I know. I'm just being pedantic. Oh, for goodness' sake! Oh, and of course, my final walk of shame. I said that six men died in a trial over in the UK, <laughs> and I swore blind it happened. Six men and a dog. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. What? What? What did I say? That they, uh, you said probably a walk of shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you did say that. And I went, no way on earth. <laughs> but, as you may have guessed, listeners, <laughs> turns out all six men still alive. Wow, yeah, what made my, my alarm bells ring about yeah. it was that if 
that had actually happened, then the anti-vaccination groups, which are powerful and scary, would have jumped all over it and gone, look, vaccinations kill! It's your laissez-faire attitude of, oh, a dog died. Oh, well, we'll just whack it in this human. What's the worst that can happen? Well, the dog did die. <gasps> I dog... wasn't wrong about that. Oh, the dog died. There, well, that is to say, when I did the research, there was discussion that one of the trial dogs had died right. and that it was covered up and that it was... Oh, hang on, right. So it was covered up. Excuse me, that's conspiracy theory. No, yeah, but it was in the same article. Is that like there, there was discussion about it, and there was there were a lot of questions asked, and there was a you know a task force you know what we should do because this 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 conversation it really has no point, and we don't actually know the trial. Did you actually look up the name of the trial or what what they were doing? Because now we're just talking once again out of hats. It's not really that. We should probably look it up. Dan's looking up magic on the internet. No. Okay. Dan's looking up cytokine storm dog and and. And getting homeopathy remedies to fight cancer. That is nonsense. I think this says something about what Dan knows about. So we're going to put it straight very soon. This is not over. I'm going to... I'm Controversy. Gonna, I'm going to find this dog reference if I have to write the fucking thing myself. <laughs> okay, so, all right. So we, uh, for the people who are interested, it was a drug called TGN1412, and this is from 2006. And looking at NewScientist.com, where I got this information from, it said that six men in hospital are in intensive care in 2006, uh, two of them in critical condition after participating in trials of a new drug intended to treat chronic inflammatory conditions and leukaemia. The trial was immediately suspended, and the UK's drug regulatory watchdog... Watchdog Dan? Maybe that was it. Launched an investigation on Wednesday. The men, all healthy paid volunteers, were admitted to the Northwick Park Hospital, blah, 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 blah. Two of the men were in critical condition, while the other four were in serious but stable intensive care. Uh, They'd suffered multiple organ failures. All of them survived. No mention of a dog. And no one died. So, Dan, a dog, huh? A man died, huh? I'm going to find out about that dog. Dan, do you see that pathway? Do you know what that pathway is? I am. I am. Walk it. Uh, Off you go. Uh, uh, Put your head uh, down. Uh, hey, look, a talking scarecrow. Hey, would you like to join me on my journey? It's like, but no? who? But who? But who needs the brain, Dan? Who needs the brain? Ah, oh, Greg, I knew I could count on you. Christmas is such an important time of year for the children and their families, and the nativity scene is the pinnacle of the show. The what scene? The nativity scene. <laughs> You're pronouncing it wrong. Nativity. No, I'm not. Nativity. Nativity. Birth of Christ. Uh-oh. What? I thought you said naivety scene. Stop the show! It's too late! Oh, thank goodness there's a room in the stable. Because I'm going to have a baby who is the son of God. Someone who loves us and doesn't simply mess with people for his own petty amusement. Yes, it's like being born in a stable will provide our saviour with a sense of humility and isn't a cunning ploy to make him more appealing to the poor. Ow, I am having my baby and it hurts a lot because women are the origin of sin. And this is our penance. It has nothing to do with the evolution of the human body being an unguided process resulting in a suboptimal design. Oh my God! He is my son, despite me never having had 
kind of relations with you? Oh, he's beautiful. He truly is the king of the Jews, the saviour of us all. Everyone will celebrate his birthday here on December 25th. Coincidentally, the same date as the pagan solstice celebration. Look, the kings of the Orient are here with gifts, and yet they look just like Caucasians. Hooray! Close the curtain! We have a wonderful special guest in today, Dr. Joel Gilmore from The Shack. So, so Dr. Joel, what are you a doctor of? Well, I'm a doctor of physics, and so like my PhD was in biophysics. So climate change. Yeah. So is that a made-up job? Because I read a mm. novel by Michael Crichton, which went, climate change, all a bit goofy. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, if I was holding a US Senate inquiry and I was looking for the foremost expert in the world <laughs> to advise me on climate change, I'd pick an author. That's right. Hey, everything I've learned about dinosaurs came from Michael Crichton. And unfortunately, nanotechnology. He did that one yeah. with the cloud one. Pray. 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 And it was just, you just go, look, it was a fun book, but you go, it makes no sense. He's there going, what the hell? Like, we can make this now. You're like, I don't think we can. That's <laughs> the clouds of death, nanos. And, oh, God, anyway. Sorry, yeah, very exciting, though. But mm. global warming. Now, because there lots of people are just like, okay, global warming, recycling, okay, the scientists tell me that that's true. But as a, somewhat of a sceptic, I'd like to know and understand why something is true rather than just believing it. Mm. Because uh, in the past, there have been lots and lots of scientists who all agree on the same thing and go, this is totally true. And then it turns out not to be true. Well, see, like... <laughs> like flies. Flies have six legs. And, and, and back in, like, Socrates or something, went, flies have four oh, legs, yeah. and no one thought to question or count. It pretty much, pretty much ignore everything that Aristotle ever said. That's the thing. I've learned in science, Aristotle just made crap up and never tested it, and people for thousands of years followed it, for thousands of years, and then only until sort of the getting close to the Enlightenment, people started saying, maybe we should look, maybe we shouldn't just read Aristotle. Aristotle, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was Aristotle. Can I talk about the Holocaust for a moment? <laughs> no! Jump straight. Okay. What? Yeah. Uh-oh. Okay. But with the Holocaust, this, this, you hear uh, stuff and then, yeah, yeah, no, uh, but you, you hear stuff and then people say, oh, there were six million uh, people killed uh, during the Holocaust, but then there are the deniers, the Holocaust deniers, and they go, was, oh. that, that number has been blown out yeah. by a huge amount. It, it could only be like, it, you know, it could only be two million, which is nothing. That's, you know, that's the, all the other side of it. They're mostly gypsies. I mean, come on. And then the other side of people then go, well, that's only six million Jews. We need to add in the gypsies and the, and the mm. homosexuals and that sort of stuff. Mm. And it could okay. be Ten million people. So, you know, let's pick a number and now, just throw it at the wall. At the time of Iraq War number one, uh, the Desert Storm, I, the Desert Storm, that sounds like a movie title or a, or a villain. A super villain. We've all got terribly quiet. Hey, okay. Do you so, feel alone? You should feel alone. No, no, I'm... We're I'm, on eggshells after bringing up the Holocaust. I just, right? no, 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 no. Really, but here's the thing. Really uh, at the time, yeah, there was yeah. all of this information flying around. So the in Kuwait and Iraq and stuff, there was all this information going, oh, the, the, the forces are doing these terrible things. And then there was all this misinformation coming out of the US and from the journalists and then the French journalists. So there's all this misinformation going around and all these huge numbers going on that didn't match each other in any way. And it was all propaganda. Like, there's all this propaganda going around. And I, it occurred to me, what if the six million value was propaganda and that was just the propaganda number that stuck after a while? Because you are going to get propaganda in those sort of things. Like, all, the whole of World War II was all propaganda going everywhere. And I couldn't 
establish why that was the number. But then I talked to people and I understood what the scientists were doing was that they, they had access to records, but on top of those records, they were able to do... They were actually finding remains and counting teeth and, hmm. and finding jewellery and making... Uh, estimations and stuff, and they had a, a huge amount of numbers and uh, research to back up and extrapolate from that what they thought was a pretty close number to the amount of deaths. Even if you, even you say, well, it, normally good science has error bars, yeah. so you have a number, so you say, we well, 6 million, but it might have an error of 10% either way. Yeah. So it could be 6.6 or it could be 5.4. Yeah. And it was nice. So. Once I learned that that was, once I learned the processes of how they established that, that I was uh, comfortable going, okay, well, that seems like the most sensible course of action. That seems like the number. Mm. I, I have the same feeling when I hear about climate change because people go, well, the more... We're back! The more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, mm. then the hotter it gets. But then I've never seen... And all these scientists go, oh, yes, well, all this research by these scientists and all this research. But then all the people researching get money for researching climate change. No, that, no. In the hope... And if it's true, if, it's, if they prove that there's no climate change going on, then a lot of people are suddenly out of the job. Okay, so, I, I, that's right. Like, if you prove there was no climate change, yeah, like yeah. I mean, first of all, you'd probably get a Nobel Prize, yeah, right? yeah, which is you know a million dollars, give or take. And, and second of all, then there would be suddenly this whole new research area of why is the planet heating up yeah, yeah. if we're not causing it, or indeed yeah. if we're if the planet isn't heating up, why isn't it heating up? Can, yeah. I, just, well, can, I, just, can I just throw something here, here? Because we've already done something which we, people do a lot, which I just think we have to be very careful. The climate has always changed. Like, hmm. throughout, let's face it, when Earth was first created, the temperature was like 500 degrees Celsius and, and you know, lead melted on the surface. Yeah. And, and then and it's gone up and down and up and down and up and down. Hmm. So the climate has always changed. So yeah. what we're talking about here is human-induced climate change. Yeah. We just yeah. need to point that out. Because that's, that's otherwise people just go, well, it just happens. Hmm. We're t- discussing yeah. human-induced. Yeah. All right. And so there's a lot of money wrapped up in the biosciences and environmental sciences thing. And so there's a lot to lose. And so you hear of all of these scientists going, these scientists say this, and we've established from this research that this happens, but no one's actually sat me down and gone, here is a box of oxygen in the sun, and here's a box of carbon dioxide in the sun, and look how the carbon dioxide gets hotter. Like, there, there aren't, there don't seem to be simple experiments to go... Well, you could do that experiment. You, and would it, would it give me anything? Yeah. So the carbon dioxide would heat up? Yeah, so... Faster I mean, than the oxygen? Yeah. Why was it, why does it do that? Well, I mean, stretching my knowledge of chemistry, mm. so the broad picture is that, you know, different molecules absorb and emit light at different frequencies, Right. So, you know, you've got red molecules and green molecules. Mm. And oh, okay. So, you know, the red molecules, right, they give off red light. And, you know, the green light will just kind of either reflect off or pass through or whatever, yeah. all that mm. sort of thing. So the, the, the important thing with carbon dioxide is that visible light, it doesn't really interact with visible light. So okay. it's invisible, right? You can't see the air, so it just goes straight through. So it means that when sun hits the earth, it just goes straight through the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Yep. What it does interact with, however, is infrared. Mm. And it's very good at reflecting infrared light. So this is like basically heat, right? Your oven is giving off infrared light even though you can't mm. see it. So what happens is the sunlight comes through the carbon dioxide, through the atmosphere, and that's fine because it's visible light, yep. I think, hits the Earth, and then the Earth absorbs that, heats up, and gives off infrared light, which then would normally radiate back out into space. Yep. But it now hits this carbon dioxide and some of it is reflected back. Ah. The more carbon dioxide, the more it reflects back. Mm. So if you had predator vision, you'd be able to see carbon dioxide? No. 
It would just it would be it's 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 like if you could see infrared. It's not like a layer of it. It's not like a, a layer of. It's not like a not like a specific no, brand know, of carbon but, dioxide. But if you did, if you had a big stream of carbon dioxide, it bounces infrared light, and then you shone uh, infrared light on it. You wouldn't be able to see it, but if you put on glasses, you could actually see all the infrared light bouncing off the carbon dioxide can more I, than the. No, can I just I point expect, oxygen. There is a problem with this: is that water is a much better carbon dioxide greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide is. The reason mm. our planet is fifteen degrees Celsius mm. and not. Uh, like negative, whatever it would be, like really, really cold, is the water in our atmosphere mainly, not the carbon dioxide. Mm. Where, mm. So you pump more water. Methane's a much better carbon dioxide mm. gas. Water's a much better carbon dioxide gas. But you always hear about CO2. But that's because we're making it. Yeah. We're, we're coming out of our cars and our factories and everything. So methane, that's the, though, in Australia, like cattle, you know, major methane emissions there. So there's, you know, there is, there is still scope for, you know, like when we talk about CO2, usually what is like CO2 equivalent. Mm. So, you know, one yeah. tonne of methane is worth like six tonnes of carbon yeah. dioxide. And, and we could be in a lot of trouble. That was a, just put the fear of God into people in Siberia. There's all uh, frozen methane in, mm. in the Siberian tundra. And that's been you know, sequestered away by nature for a long, long time. But now we're heating the planet and the snow's starting to melt in Siberia and they're getting hotter summers. Of course, these um, the, uh, I can't remember the name of it. I, I wish I could. Anyway, there's this name for this this um, solid that methane's trapped in, and of course it's melting. And as it melts, it's releasing more methane, which of course leads a feed. Mm. Well, could be creating a feedback loop, which gets more methane hotter, melts more. And if that goes off, I don't know, that's, they call it the gun. Actually, the classite gun, the calcite gun. Ah. Uh, look, we'll, we'll look it up and put it in the notes. If that if that all goes, then it'll be amazingly, hugely awful <laughs> uh, mm. for the atmosphere. So that's like, yeah. So mm. the, but the, the, just tying that back to what you're saying, I don't think you could stare at a at the carbon dioxide and go, oh, look at it in an environment like the natural environment because the no, water no, you, in the environment. What I'm saying is, in a in a in, a, in an environment where you uh, had control of all of the oh, details, you'd, like a box you'd be of... able to see because carbon dioxide reflects. Yeah. Infrared light better than oxygen does. You'd be able to absorbs, see it. Absorbs and go, re- yes, see, just, that's just, just to be Just to be pedantic, because I like being pedantic, it absorbs and re-emits. That, that, that is oh, important. Okay. Absorbs and re-emits. It's, it's, it's not... Is that the case with everything? No, no, well, you, light reflects off things. Light, light can actually reflect yeah. off like mirrors. But no, you, you're right, you're right. It's technically... It's, it's tec- the best sort of correct. Technically correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter, I'm sorry. I just, it's no, no, saying, no, it's, absorb and re-emit. It's sort it's of... why people... Well, it changes. It changes. That's, it, well, that's how it works. I mean, you talk about the light comes down and the... the Earth absorbs visible light and re-emits it as, as some of it as, as infrared. And that's, yeah. Now, there's, there'd be infrared coming in from the sun, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. the, the whole spectrum. And UV, exactly. There's a shitload. And so, so wouldn't you... that hit the, the carbon dioxide and reflect out into space? So you'd be yeah. getting less infrared coming in that's... in the first place, but then more of it would get bounced around inside. That's right. So that's what makes it so confusing. That's right. So, you know, no. The infrared is only sort of a small part of the picture yeah. what's coming in. Mostly it's like visible and then UV yeah. Yeah. and hopefully the, you know, the really bad stuff gets blocked by the atmosphere yeah. and the magnetic field and yada yada. But you know, once that visible and UV stuff hits the Earth, almost everything that comes back off the Earth is now in the sort of infrared visible side of the spectrum instead yeah. of the visible uh, UV. It's our Earth. I- it's Mother Earth itself trying to kill us. I'm going to stomp her right now. Take that, Earth. I might be overstating yeah. the case there, yeah. you know, but that's the broad picture. Okay, yeah. so that's the, and that's the theory behind why. Yeah, and I mean, like you can you can do like a simple experiment, like so glass works as a greenhouse gas, if you like. Mm-hmm. So you can that's why they use it in greenhouses, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> nice. So you can go out right. You can put a thermometer. High five. High five. High five. So yeah, yeah. So you put the glass. Um, like go, go outside. Put two thermometers on the ground. Put one on the ground and cover the other one with a glass bowl. Mm. And the one that's covered by the glass bowl 
will heat up massively more because of that, the, the infrared light being trapped. This is an experiment um, that is done and is being done in Grade 9 science in Queensland schools as we speak. All oh, right. Mm. This is something that we do. We, we have glasses, we have non-glasses, and we have a light, and we discuss albedo, which is the reflection of the, of the clouds and the light and that sort of stuff, and getting a little complicated there. And you, you sometimes have a, a, a black uh, top of the glass and a, and a white top of the glass. We go through all these different things. So when you're saying there's no experiment, well, you haven't seen an experiment. You didn't do Grade 9 science in 2010. No. But then if you put a glass bowl over the top, you'd get no breeze, like, making yeah. it, cooling it down. So you can control That's, for that. Where right? does the you can put, like, a big barrier around the But where does the, the breeze outside? come from? Okay. Think about it. But, Dan, the, the world, the yeah. Earth is a closed system. Yeah, I'm so, trying to figure so the breeze, out. So that's, just, that's a circulation of heat. But then... Yeah, but around the world. But you, you, what, you, well, what I'm saying is you're preventing... With the glass thing over the top, then you're preventing convection energies from... Okay, but think about altering. think about the the atmosphere of the planet as as the glass bowl. It's exactly the same because well, it's a simplified model, but it's it's the same because the the convection currents moving the air around inside your little bowl mm. doesn't change the fact that the whole closed system is getting hotter. Well, the I, Earth is a closed system. I, 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 I'm, I'd, within, be happy, I'd be happy mm. to go with that if mm. the glass bowl extended out to outer space. Mm. Like that makes sense to me. But it's the same. The the, the glass. You're, you're comparing the atmosphere to the glass bowl. So the carbon dioxide... The, the so you want, you want a control experiment, yeah. right, that matches up. So you want a material like glass that yes. blocks wind yeah. but doesn't yes. act as a greenhouse. I'm sure there would be something like that. I don't know. There's not a lot of transparent materials. Transparent aluminum in Star Trek. I, I heard that they were... Oh, maybe, maybe. Oh, yeah. God. Yay! Oh, I'm ready for a walk of shame. Woo! I heard, dun, dun, I heard dun. that they'd made big steps in making transparent aluminum. Aluminium? Aluminium. We're Australians and we say it correctly. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Take uh, that, al- Americans. Alumi- yeah. Aluminium. I had then made <laughs> transparent. I like annoying our American audience. But that it was really, really expensive and not very feasible or viable mm. yet. But I heard someone had made big steps towards I, it. I'm going to look this and, up. And uh, <sighs> I am willing to bet that that's not the case at all. And I made it up watching <laughs> after a fevered dream watching Star, Star Trek for oh. The Voyage. Oh. I'll let you both say that in unison. Lovely. <laughs> hey, so what, what other experiments can you do to show climate change stuff? Uh, like experiments you can do at home or experiments you can do with, you know, the money Lots to go to resources Antarctic. and stuff. Well, I mean, like, so there's all sorts of things. Like, you can go back and look at historical, uh, like, records, right? You can look at, you know, the temperature that's yeah. been measured for the last 150-odd years kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you see this famous hockey stick-style graph mm-hmm. that... Uh, right. so, I mean, this is, like, the big deal, right? It's not that... Well, it, it's partially that the climate is changing, but most mm-hmm. significantly that it's changing faster yeah. than much, ever much before faster, yeah. that we know of. Now, I heard in research I've done the IPCC that the hockey stick, as in what they're talking about is the, the amount of parts per million of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, that that graph is not, not actually correct. That graph is a little bit statistically anomalous. It doesn't, it, it's been made to look a lot worse than it is. That's, been, mm. if that's, that's been, what it says in the Michael Crichton book. Because oh. they have all the things. Because you, it's you still prove bad. a lot of stuff with statistics, and it goes, yeah, but you, if you, you put the hockey graph on on this time scale, and it looks like a hockey stick, you put it on this time scale, and it looks different, and you look at you know, this time yeah. scale, and it looks different. Yeah, look, I mean, that's there was there was a big controversy about the hockey stick mm. graph, but mostly it was stirred up by a few vocal, mm. and like I mean, that's the problem. Right? It's really easy to say, look, you know, I can change the scale and it doesn't look like a hockey stick anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot harder to say why the original scale that you chose and that kind of thing was the right one. Yeah, um, fair enough. And that, I mean, that's where that's all the problem. Like, you know, you look at these talks by climate change deniers and they say, look, the Earth's been hotter than this before. There's no mm. problem. Mm. 
And it's like it's an easy take a message, just bumper sticker signs, yes, right? Yeah. But we, I think, yes, Earth has been hotter than before. And you go, that's fine. There's no, well, I'm not saying that the world is going to end. What I'm saying is humanity and the life that we have right now will, will find it bloody hard to survive. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're kind of talking about here, is keeping the biome as we know it in a situation where we can survive in it and, and the animals that we are under our pastoral care kind of thing. Uh, I don't believe at any point that the humanity will kill all life on this planet. The planet Earth will go into a funny, uh, like the new equilibrium. It'll, it'll, worst case scenario, the, the, the system heats up, it, it reaches a new equilibrium where it stays at. That's what you um, like punctuated equilibrium. So it goes from where we are now to there we are, and suddenly it's warmer, and then we all die off. And in a million or two million years' time, it, it's all cool. And that's nothing. I mean, million the years. Cockroaches rise up. Yeah, that's right. Bees. No, 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 no. Squids. 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 That's my oh, yeah, squids, yeah. man. Yeah. They're out there. They're waiting for it. Oh, they're they're, they're, they're just sitting in the sea, just going, yes, yes, warm the oceans. Well, we don't have a shell. We don't well, care. have you seen those? Like, there's, They've got squids over in, um, where is it, South America? They've got squids everywhere, man. South America, and like, just there's this huge infestation of these killer squids that kill human beings. Uh, yeah, what? red, um, red they, they're, they're, they're this long, but thousands of them will attack you. You're in the water, and they bite you to death. <laughs> it's crazy. Look this up. They're the, red squids. They, and they, yeah, can do you. They, they, um, they also I heard that some of them dragged some guys out of a boat, <laughs> but I, I don't know whether I've got. We're that. gonna look this up. I know the ones you're talking about. I heard it was Japan, so we were talking out of our hats here a little bit. They're, they're bigger than they're bigger than a hand. They're, they're quite actually large, and they're just swarming. They're swarming. They're, they're, yeah. they're predators who swarm. So imagine, imagine a whole bucket load of lions and, and release into the streets. So you know, I mean, it's like I think it was in last. Not dragging the sea. Uh, t- number two with um, oh, Stephen Fry yeah. mm-hmm. when he went looking for the blue whale or something they did a bit about these crazy friggin squids mm. so nasty piece of work yeah I think it was oh, that was where the whale yeah. was yeah there you go but, Humboldt Humboldt squids <gasps> he pulls a name out of his hat and he thinks it's right Humboldt squids H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T I think that's the one yeah and, that sounds and, right and it's and it's um, and all it is it's, it's Prey has become more prolific, mm. and therefore it's breeding more and eating more. And now mm. it's like, way and waving its arms out of fill in the ocean. So many arms. Uh, now, m- my dad <laughs> is a paleobotanist, and he works mm. with a bunch of other paleobotanists. What's that mean, Dan? In human terms, a uh, paleobotanist is like a paleontologist, but instead of dealing with extinct animals, they deal with extinct plants. Mm. And so they they're used to thinking about huge timescales. So the people working in climate change, it's a new science. But you tend to get uh, meteorologists who work with short-term climate stuff, and then you get... But there's a whole bunch of different sciences that go into climate change stuff. But my dad works with a whole bunch of paleobotanists, and a lot of them are like, this human change thing is really blown out of proportion because we're, as paleobotanists, we know that this happens all the time historically. And so they all agree with each other. Very, it, like, it's a huge range of people with all the skills to have a fairly good outlook on how these things work. Now, I don't know whether this is crucial, because you're looking a little bit sceptical, Joel, but I don't know whether this is crucial information. Uh, They're all together because they work for the Department of Minerals and Energy, (laughs) um, which is what paleobotanists tend to do, because it's all about oil and coal, which used Mm. to be... But I'm assuming that there's no biases there, right? (laughs) Of course not. There, there would be no vested interest in this. No vested interest. Um, I mean, like you know, right? So, like this. I mean, this is you know, Greg's saying that. Yeah, sure. The climate has always changed historically. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's say even arguably that it had changed in a similar fashion to this in the past. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we're not, you know, screwed. 
So I mean, like, it's kind so of we have two to stop separate, it anyway. There's two separate questions, right? One is: Is the Earth currently warming? Yep. And the second question is: Did we cause it? Mm. The first one's the important one, and the, and the answer pretty much to that is. 95% yes chance of that. I mean, yeah. It is warming. Yeah. Like, and that's, you talked before about science and, and how we know that they, like one of the, I went, oh, that's pretty good. They dropped the boys, they dropped in the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, and all different oceans, mm. and they read them from satellites, and they just read the temperature every so many hours, read the temperature, and then and there is a scale up. And, and you go, well, these are like deep, surf, deep current oceans, and uh, that's bad too, because if you get a warmer ocean, then uh, animals who make shells out of calcium can't make their shells. Yeah. So you kill mm. all the animals down there. And once you wipe out the bottom rung of the food chain, then, of course, everything else just collapses. And, this, mm. this and, then, the, and, the, and the transatlantic currents yeah. yep. stall. And, you, uh, lose, you lose um, ice caps, which increases. You know, they're acting as big mirrors at the moment, sending energy mm, back yeah, out of space. Albedo effect. Yep. Yep. If they are gone, amplifies. Also, um, salinity. We put, you know, when it melts, not only raising sea levels, that uh, makes the water less saline, which screws up those currents. So the the, the conveyor belts of, of hot and cold water, which stirs things yep. up in the ocean, they can shut down. So you go, these are all. I mean, these are all these are all worst case scenarios. But still, you go, this can happen. This is not mm. this is not Michael Crichton making stuff mm. up. This is like we've seen the um, the Gulf Stream actually stutter and stop for a short period of time and then restart. Oh, that could be a walk of shame. Uh, at least it's slowed down. At least it's slowed down. Uh, and and if the Gulf Stream, the Gulf Stream is the one that goes crashes up against uh, Scotland. Now, we know it's there and what it does because Scotland's about five degrees on average warmer than Norway and uh, Sweden and Finland, which are within the same latitude. Canada. And uh, mm. Canada, that's right. Mm. So that shuts down. Then, of course, Scotland goes into a nice freezing. Which is the thing. People go, global warming, I'm... Freeze my ass off. Like, it's not the point. It's changes of weather. Yeah. Like, ra- That's why it's called cl- climate change climate now, change, yeah. not global warming. Yeah, yeah. There was a bad choice of words, I think, global warming. Yeah. Seeing in the 70s, they thought the world was going to freeze. Yeah, right. That was a, that was a big thing about about it was going to be the because they were the ice age. Well, they because well, we are we we're in the interglacial period, mm. and, and that's where everyone got really confused and went, "Holy crap! We thought we were in one of the warm periods, uh, the interglacials." When they worked out, was we're just in a weird statistical anom- anomalous blip. Uh, in an actual ice age. We're technically in an ice age now. That, and that freaks me out when you think about it. We just happen to be in the warm 20,000-year bit in the centre of a 100,000-year ice age. But a lot of the research and the climate change stuff now says that when it's, that ice age may never come back. Like we, we, we might have, or it might be doing it the worth itself, that it that might never come back. We've, we've destroyed the cycle. We, we've, we've ruined that cycle because it's warming up. Yeah, humans! Yeah, it's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a fuck ice, that's why... <laughs> Thanks, Dan. It's, uh, yeah, sorry, it, I, I, find, I just find it really mm. fascinating. Well, I mean, I think like, it all comes down to you've got to work out what step do you disagree with the science. Mm. First of all, do you agree that the Earth is warming? And the vast majority of scientists do. Yeah. Can I, sorry, can I just kick in here? Just to, I keep trying to clarify things. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to bring in, a lot of this argument comes down to people, oh, I heard this guy, Andrew Bolt, who's um, like a, a radio journalist. I use the term Put bloody yes, yeah, inverted commas there. Yeah. Is he related but, to the squid? Uh, yeah, yes, Humboldt. And, uh, yeah, probably. Less probably, intelligent. Probably. Yeah, he's basically he's a, he's um, a right wing shock journalisty right. He's not, actually, he's not a journalist. He never trained as a journalist. He he just got onto radio when he was young. Very very different. Uh, he's sort of our version of Bill O'Reilly. Just because there are two points of view doesn't mean they're equally weighted. So you can have a lot of science based information and backed with facts. And just because and ninety five percent of the science community can say no no this is happening and this is going down. And then five percent say no it's not. But for some reason in the media we have to be fair and balanced. And therefore they both get an equal. So here comes one man to say science is uh, so humans are warming the planet but now we have to hear the other guy saying they're not 
they're not equally weighted. There's not, the, the people who say it's not happening don't have the facts uh, uh, to back them up as much as the people who are, as far as I'm aware, the facts of people who are saying this is actually happening. Yeah, but if you want to do the, uh, a proper debate, you would have 99 scientists who agree that you know, humans are causing climate change, yes. and then you'd have one scientist who, who disagrees. Yes. And it's, you know, it's back to these crackpot theories on the internet about yes, know, that's string right. theory or lever fulcrum theory, whatever. <laughs> what, uh, what the f***? <laughs> That's, I'm just saying, Dr. Joel turns on Dan. No, I'm going to stand next to Dr. Joel. Hang on. You know, yeah, yeah, welcome to the dark side. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm at this microphone now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, do, I do release them in mono. Yeah, oh, that didn't make any difference then. No. I, just, I just walked across the room. That was, that was really cool. But he did it in a dramatic fashion. Hey, I'm go, I'm gonna, I'll slink back now. Oh. No, no, sorry, I have to stand here. He's, you know, we work together. I've had to put also, up the it. levels are all correct. So <laughs> I will bellow like a, like a moose down yours. <laughs> uh-huh. right. uh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, ninety-nine to one. That's the thing. and and, and uh, the the you talk about paleobotanists, and there are very few climate scientists in the world. And a lot of the people who say it's not happening are geologists mm. and these sort of people. And they're not climate scientists. They're not people who have studied climate science. They've come out and said, "Oh, but it, it's happened before." And you're like, eh. "And that's the problem." Like, you, you know, they're used to working on the scale of millions of years, mm. which is great. But this is happening on the scale of tens of years. Yeah. You know, 200 years. I mean, it's, it's, it's this, you know, again, like these three sort of fundamental, like, do you agree that the earth is warming? Yeah, like virtually everyone does. The second question is, do you agree that we're emitting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere? And, you know, yes, everyone does because we're mm. burning coal and mm-hmm. this is carbon. That's not more question. Do you agree that carbon dioxide could, in principle, cause a global warming effect? And... You know, you can do these experiments like the kids are doing, and, yep. you know, you can probably argue that. And then you say, well, what are the odds that 200 years ago we started emitting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere at the exact same time the planet started heating up? Mm. We have a mechanism where we could be causing climate change. We observe that there is climate change. It could be a coincidence. But <laughs> that's a big choice, a big chance to take. So I keep looking at the, the idea. You can break it up. Uh, it's one of those logical exercises you can do. So you can say, okay, think about two two sides of a grid, and you have on the grid uh, the world is warming, the world is not warming on on the on the vertical grid. On the other side, on the horizontal grid, you have we do something, we don't do something. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now you look at the first one. So you say the world is warming. And we do something. Oh, yeah, that kind of makes it less exciting. But yeah, the world, the world is warming and we do something. Then we can fix the problem and the world, we, and we save billions of people and the world is better. So then you drop down and say, the world isn't warming and we do something. Well, we spent money and we make the world a nicer place anyway. We, you know, we make the atmosphere cleaner and we, yes, we spent money. And it's only, what, 1% of, of the, G, the world yeah. GDP? People go, we're spending billions. Yeah, but it's not compared to the amount of money in the world that's spent. Is that right, Dr. Yeah. Joel? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you pick a number, but it's a small percentage of the GDP. That's it. I mean, you think about how much money you spend on airbags for cars, mm. you know, in the small chance that you have an accident and a small chance the airbag saves your life. And yeah, like in that situation, yeah, it will. But you spend a huge amount of money on it. The emissions from coal power stations kill thousands of people mm. every year. Yes. You can look at how much money we'll have to spend to save their lives and... There you go. So that's the percentage. So, that's, so we've had, we've had um, do something, uh, and, uh, sorry, warming and do something, not warming and do something. So at the moment we've got, oh, well, we spent money. Now we go to the other one, which is scarier. The world is warming and we, um, uh, we don't do something, then we're in, we're in the deep biggest of poo. 
like like deep deep doo doo. Like we we are really going to stop the planet up and and wipe ourselves out and make if not even not if not wipe ourselves out. Let's not get too alarmist. Make life very 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 difficult mm. for anyone who lives on the coast. And as an Australian, ah, <laughs> where do we all live, gang? Twenty two mm. million of us, and I think twenty one million of us are huddled on the coast. So that'd be very bad. Mm-hmm. And the centre's a dirty great desert where not much can live. I mean, not not twenty million people. And then the final one is we don't do nothing and the world isn't warming. And that's that's only one chance. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it just seems it's l- a bit basic though because suddenly like well all this money you know what if the thing that we do has to be spent so much money that it destroys entire economies, but it's not. killing millions it's of not, billions though. of people. It's not like that's, any economic modeling that's ever been done has never shown that. Like even if, you know Australia was talking about going it alone and starting an emissions trading scheme, which means we limit the amount of carbon dioxide and methane and so forth we produce. Uh-huh. And the, the modeling done by Treasury showed that even if we did that, there would be and you know gave no or limited compensation to other industries. There would be no significant movement offshore to other countries. It wouldn't be that you know businesses would suddenly start abandoning Australia. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't mean that we'd suddenly start you know, spending uh, you know, huge amounts on electricity above what we currently are. Mm. Like the costs for these things are not all that significant. It's, a, it's alarmist. So the problem is the, the, the opponents of this sort of stuff pull out these things. Why do we have to spend lots of money? We destroy economies. Now, this is alarmist talk uh, to scare people mm. into, oh, it's all changed. Also, generationally, things change anyways. I find really interesting. People kind of go, oh, you're destroying this industry. You're destroying that industry as if it was once that industry goes, we'll never get back the productivity of anything mm. ever again. And you're like, well, I'm holding, this, this might sound like a weird side note, but I'm holding in my hand right now a mobile phone. So mobile phones take production to yeah. make and there are people who make pro- software for it and apps and all sorts of crazy things mm-hmm. that had to come from somewhere those people are no longer working in other industries and so it's like so whatever industry was damaged to, for this industry to exist no one's going oh my god mobile phones are damaged because they're producing things and they're making money it's the same with this it, it, it's just suddenly the industry shifts to something different percentage wise shifts into somewhere else hmm. so we start having well, we can't mine coal but we have now hot rock technology or we have solar cells or we have wind technology or tidal energy these things take people and require construction and industries to build and it just shifts from one place to another like it always has through yeah. human history so Joel probably wrap it up are you optimistic or pessimistic what do you and what is your advice to our listeners well when it comes to climate change i'm optimistic because generally through history we've always managed to do the right thing you know the planet you know humans have almost always managed to get oh, there Christ. eventually oh, <laughs> damn i was hoping we were to cut all that out but now it's just tied it in quite nicely haven't you that's a... yeah and we we you know like it, it was bad and you know millions was, six millions of people died Dr. Joel says the holocaust, holocaust was bad <laughs> and then that's but um <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Dot. That's we're, gonna, we're gonna cut you off there yeah that's the end of the podcast the holocaust bad but and in the short term, right, we're Australia, for our overseas listeners, we say we're going to get 20% of our energy from renewables by 2020. Mm. You know, it's a lovely you know, numerology target there. <laughs> and the cost is going to be... It's, it's not going to be easy, like, to do, but the cost, particularly to consumers, is not going to be all that high. Mm. I'm on 100% renewable power at my house, and it only costs me about 25% more. If I was standing in the dark... 
Standing in the dark. No, we're not. We have candles that are yes, giving off extra right. carbon dioxide. That's right. There's a small boy in the corner pedaling a little bicycle attached to a generator. Yeah, we well, can get like um, uh, treadmills now that uh, you don't plug in. All of the powder and all the electronics and everything on the treadmill just comes from running on it. Oh, yeah. brilliant. That's and another reason not to use a treadmill. Yeah, so they're small, light, you can put them anywhere in your house. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> I, I said this years ago. I think other people said it, but I, I wish I, when I was a child, I, I patented this. As a, as a child, I probably couldn't have. But you know what I'm saying here? Is that a television with a bike, with a capacitor and a generator. Oh, yeah, and, you just, yeah. and you could... Pal- and and I, don't, I don't think you could do with massive 42-inch televisions, flat screens. I think they would take more power. Than- no, but we don't need pack- televisions. We just need to power, pa- power our speakers to play the podcast. Oh! Ah. Dr. Joel! High five! You... Hot just... Oh, oh just fine. Oh, <laughs> we do quite powerful high five. I'm a physicist, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I'm weak and flimsy. I thought an LED LCD TV used much less power than a cathode ray tube one. Yeah, that would sound right to what me. What about the yeah. heat in the back of the sons of buggers? They're, they're hot. I don't a know. Plasma TV is great. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what you Thank guys you. got. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah way terrible. to screw the planet. <laughs> you take that. Be- you know what's made of plasma? The sun. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> And we discover the cause of climate change is none other than Gregoire. Problem solved, I'll leave the planet. Welcome to Smart Enough to Know History. I'm your host, Trinity Fair. Today we're taking a look at some fun facts for December 25. In 1914, British and German troops on the Western Front called a Christmas truce and briefly stopped fighting to exchange a few handshakes and seasonal greetings before returning to hostilities, paving the way for modern families everywhere. Druids and pagans will be throwing their wreaths into the air on December 25 to rejoice in the solstice, while Greeks and Romans will be celebrating the sun god Helios on the one day he's in the sky for the shortest amount of time. And who can forget that most powerful figure, proclaimed to be born from a virgin and from the seed of a god, born on December 25, a person who would perform many miracles and have many followers. I speak, of course, of Indo-Iranian cult figure Mithras. Merry Mithrasmas to one and all. I have got a challenge. <laughs> This scared. is episode seven. So, so this you're is... three. Three to my two. Yes. Uh, so this is your fourth uh, crack at it. Okay. In this, you uh, can gain a point, uh, or you can lose a point, uh, or you can sit on the happy, uh, happy zero. That I've been here for so long. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, so I'm this scared. one... I'm this... scared. You know why I'm scared, Dan? Yeah. You know why I'm scared? Because you give ridiculous challenges. Yeah. I'm so nice to you. You are. And then you go... By the way, justify existence. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, maybe this one will be a nice, easy one no, for you. No, it Although, won't be. You're looking at me funny. You see, uh, this is something that's very familiar to a lot of people. <sighs> oh. But uh, as I discovered from you uh, a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. you're not very familiar with this. Oh. And in fact, I've never experienced it. What I'm talking about is double rainbows. So fantastic oh. all the way across the sky. Yes. What does that mean? No, that's not my question. <laughs> Because a, uh, a a rainbow occurs when there's sun behind you and there's water in front of you. Yes. And there's and and, and the spectrum appears as a as a rainbow, an arch across the sky. Yes. And it goes and it, and it starts in the ultraviolet 
and goes uh, purple, indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, red, infrared. Yeah. It's always easy. I always remember the other way around, Roy Yes, well, I'm doing it this way for a very particular reason because uh, then, the, then the double rainbow occurs a few degrees outside of the first rainbow. Yes. And it's backwards. It goes infrared, red, oh. orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, purple, ultraviolet. Yep. I want to know why, why do you get a double rainbow and why is it backwards? Why is it re- reversed from the first spectrum? Mm, okay. This would be an optics question then. Now I'm going to send a little man in my brain to go look for all the optics information I know. Mm. Now, why Dan's brought this up with me is because I'm colorblind, quite badly colorblind. I don't see rainbows. I see them, but all I see is a massive band of yellow and a tiny band of blue. Uh-huh. That's all I get. So it, rainbows as a child never interested me. I, I used to go, oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. And everyone, everyone would lose their shit over them. Yeah. Uh, and, and I could never work out what, they, what it was. I like the story you told me where uh, your parents were like, see the colors, see the, the blue, yeah, and the yellow, yeah, and the orange. Sure. Yeah, yeah, well, you just lie. Of course you do, because you don't want to look like a freak. You want to impress your parents. Well, well, I can see them. Obviously, only dumb people can't oh, see you, you know what? You know what used to bug me as yep. a kid? And I guess I was sceptical from a really young age, but I remember very clearly in grade two doing the class photos, and we'd sit there in front of the thing, and the cameraman would say, okay, everyone, uh, watch for the birdie in the flash. There's going to be the birdie. Oh, yes. And then he'd go... Click and a flash would go off. There's a big flash and yep. and, and go okay. And did, and did you see the birdie? And these people go, yeah, we saw the birdie. And I'm like, I just saw a flash of light. Was I supposed <laughs> to see a, a silhouette of a bird? I did not see the Does birdie. That come from something. I, I, I worked really hard at looking for that birdie. <laughs> and, and, and there was a second one. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to miss the birdie the second time. And 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 a flash goes off. You see the birdie? Yeah, we saw the birdie. I'm like, this fucking birdie. <laughs> And of course, all my school, all my school shots are of me just looking intently into the flash, <laughs> trying to find this freaking birdie the guy was talking about. You know what? There was no birdie. Are they saying look for a, like a bird, or is, is it like a camera, like an old camera saying that we just lost the meaning to? Oh, maybe. That's, that's I mean, interesting to look up. I'm intrigued by that because these things happen. Like, like recently, I discovered. So what you're saying is that before the days of flashes, photographers had a parrot. Oh, but I don't I, to they, indicate they, when the camera I don't, went off. I don't think so. <laughs> maybe it means something. No, like like um, I found out recently that. All right, come to tea, your school photos. <laughs> no, the uh, I discovered recently. That the lungs in England, anyway, this is in the, in the UK, the lungs went by but- uh, the lungs are called by butchers the lights. So if you go in and ask for lights, yeah. then you get lungs. Oh, okay. And then my brain went, oh, it's, I didn't know that. It's like they've, they've you know you sweet sweetbreads like certain yeah. parts of the inside. I, I knew sweetbreads. I've never heard of sweet. What's, what's interesting? Sweet meats are lollies, and sweetbreads are meat. Yeah, it's strange. Anyway, and your lungs, well, not your lungs, but the, if you're if you're butchered by someone and yep. they're taken out, they're called the the lights. Yeah. Now I then. My brain went, really? They're called lights. Maybe that's where the term, and I, I'm, I'm basing this on nothing, yeah. but punch your lights out comes from. Maybe. So you're getting punched in the face. People, I, I assumed it's because you get knocked out. Yeah. And, and that seems and like the, the lights obvious. Go out. Yeah, the lights go out. That's what I thought. That's what it seems. But then you go, but what if you hit in the guts and you hit so hard, like you, you punch them? You know what I mean? Like it, that sounds like a QI question. It's, um, it sounds like something Stephen Fry would use to make fun of Alan Davis with. Oh, I'm the Alan Davis of this interview. <laughs> Anyway, double rainbow. I don't know, because I've not looked it up, why it happens. But yep. I, can, I can give it a crack. 
Yep. Because optics is just optics. Yeah. It doesn't change. So, a rainbow occurs when the sun's behind you and the water's in front of you, raindrops are in front of you. Mm-hmm. The sun has to be 30 degrees. I think it's 27 or Oh, there you go. Something like that. So, in that rough area, there you go. There's and a very specific point very where you specific can't is. get And as you can turn, rainbow. you can always find where the rainbow is by turning with your back to the sun and the sun has to be at a certain height yep. from, to the ground to, to, in relation to you. And that gives you the rainbow because the light from the sun travels in a certain uh, line, travels in a straight line, obviously, hits the raindrop and, like a prism, yep. breaks from white light into the colours, which are then curved back around inside the raindrop. Boom, that's why it has to be 30 degrees yep. and reflects into your eyes. And you get the prism across the sky, yeah. prism of colours. One thing that I heard, and I'm not, because I haven't looked this up, mm-hmm. I, it's my understanding that if the light passes through the particle of rain, Bounces off the back wall of yeah, the yeah, rainbow. Yeah, yeah, it goes. Yeah, just, just, did I not say that? Sorry. Uh, it goes. Yeah, yes, well, it has to. Yeah, it, yeah. It, well, no, it can bounce off the front wall of the rainbow. No, no, but no, no. So, see, I'm, I'm picturing in my head. No, you're right. Because it's got to go through. It's, it's the first. It's the first surface yeah. that then refracts it, yeah. breaks it up, and then it reflects. Some of it reflects off the back of the wall of the raindrop and comes out. Yep. So you have refraction, reflection, refraction from the first wall, reflection from the back wall, yep. and that comes back. That's how it gets back to your eyes. So you get the colour back to your eyes. But you're asking for a double rainbow. So at the moment, we've got a, one raindrop. The light comes and refracts and then reflects into your eyes. Now, there has to be a second one. Now, the second one would have to be... Here's my guess. Yeah. And it's a total guess. Yep. Light reflects off the back wall of the raindrop, but not all of it reflects. The index of ref- uh, refraction slash reflection is going to be not perfect, because it isn't. Light still travels. Not as if rain blocks all light. Yeah. So light still travels. Then it goes into another raindrop at a certain distance, and because of the refraction, this is where the upside down, this is my focal point knowledge yeah. starts coming in, because you have imaginary images and you have real images in optics. Yeah. It then goes into the next raindrop, and that reverses the, the, the colours, because, because the white light before got reversed, but you wouldn't yeah. know this. And then it refracts, reflects off the back, yeah. which then comes to your eyes, upside down and at a different angle. That's my guess. You've made a mistake there. Ah, oh, no! And I can tell you what, because I, I, I haven't looked at the Hang on, but we, we go to, we, we go to No, hang on. Oh, oh, no, I want to I give you the opportunity oh, okay. here. Okay, okay. Oh, nice. I, I, I get some points, that surely. At least I don't get negative points. Mm. No, you don't get any. You get very, very wrong at oh, this okay. point. Because uh, the question is not about how rainbows work. It's about how double rainbows yeah, yeah, work. Yeah. Now, what you've said is, what that would infer is mm. that the light bounces off the first rainbow, and then... No, no. No, no, the... the the light ba- ba- the, the first rainbow you see is because the light is hitting the back of the first rainbow drops and coming yep. back to your eye, but more is going through. Yes. And then it's hitting more raindrops in the like further away. Yep. And bouncing back as well. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Refraction. In yep. that case, first rainbow would be the bright one, mm-hmm. and then the next rainbow would be the would, wouldn't be quite as bright. And they aren't though. Double rainbows no, aren't as bright. Double rainbows aren't as bright, but they are always on the outside. Always on the outside. Always on what? the outside of the first rainbow. Right. But so I don't understand your point there. Well, if it was if it was darker going because of perspective, if it worked the way you said, yes. then the rainbows would get smaller and dimmer as they the further they went back. But in what? reality, I don't, there's no back. It's, it's, it's still the image would still appear in the same spot. It's the the rain. Obviously, I'm wrong. Obviously, you must know something. I'm wrong. But that doesn't make sense to me. That that they, you're not going to have rainbows further back from each other. The rainbow will always appear in the sky in the same spot. You just have but one above the off, other. But you're, what you're saying is that the light is bouncing off raindrops, a second raindrops, a second behind, set of raindrops that yes. are behind. Yes. 
but that means that they that that will appear to be smaller, right? Oh, no, 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 it doesn't doesn't appear. Okay, so you're not helping me. <laughs> you're saying you're helping me, but you're not. <laughs> Maybe you're right. No, th- Maybe you're right. If you are right, you get all sorts of points. I just, so my so my so you don't actually know. So you just but it, but you're, you're just leading me up the garden path. No, no, there. You haven't <gasps> explained why they go upside down. Yes, it did. The light, I said, oh, uh, it, the refraction turns it. There, there is a, an imaginary image is upside down. If you look in a, if you look in, if you look down, it, it's going to be the outside. Oh, wait, wait, wait. If you look at a concave mirror, as in one that looks like a cave, concave, yeah. like, so it's in, and you look at a picture of yourself and a spoon. I want to go check a spoon now. I want to go check a spoon. I'm going to check a spoon. Uh, you'll go, you'll go upside down. Yes. Yep. Greg's, Greg's finding a spoon. And, and contrary to what Keanu Reeves says, there is a spoon. There is a spoon. And, of course, I just want to check this. Of course, you're looking at a spoon, a concave spoon, and your image is inverted. Yep. If you look at the concave back of the spoon, your image is upright. upright yes, the normal. So, and, and so you've got an inverted image. So imagine the light, as I said before, goes into the raindrop. It's the first, rain, yep. the first rainbow. goes through the front wall, and it yep. refracts the light. It then reflects off the back of the concave raindrop yep. inside, and that makes it upside down. Yes, yeah, so the so first rainbow for, is t- the upside down. Well, it's one. not. It's not. It's it's not. I mean, they're declaring upside yeah. down is silly. That's like saying yeah. saying saying people in Australia are upside down. It's no. It's it's from the white light. Yeah. It's inside. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's it's inverted. Now, this is why I don't know if it's reflecting back. See, uh, where I'm going to go wrong is either it's reflecting through and hitting a raindrop behind like in, later on in the, in the in the cloud or it's reflecting back out and then going through the back of another raindrop in front and that's reflect refracting re- refracting the light uh, again for the double rainbow and i don't know which one it is no it has to be concave and it would bounce off again it can't ah i've confused myself if it's if it's in front it goes through a concave i wall. think there's smoke coming out of his, his man's a, head at this a, point <laughs> concave wall and then it would not reflect back no it has to be behind then ah final answer here we go <laughs> yep light from the sun yes. goes past you into a raindrop as it goes through the front convex wall yep. of the raindrop it turns into a spectrum yeah, so white light broken into a spectrum. It reflects off the back wall. Some mm-hmm. of it reflects off the back wall. Uh, inverts comes to your eyes. That's the rainbow that we normally see. Yeah. Not all the energy, because the water droplets don't block all light energy. Some of the light goes through, or it's, or it's reflected away and reflected up. Some of it's reflected away anyway. It hits another... Reflected away or refracted away? Uh, re- refracted means changes direction when it goes through the medium. So, it has so to is, refracted. It the, is it the light that travels, that continues to travel changes through? Di- yeah, it changes direction. Or is it light that bounces back? No, no, well, the light that tra- bounces into your eyes yeah. is, is now the rainbow. Yeah. Some of the light goes through the back wall and, and refracts, changes direction, yep. bends away, and goes to another raindrop, like yep. some, somewhere at a different level, a different plane or something. Yep. Trying to simplify this. That then does the same thing. It goes through the front of the concave wall of the raindrop and hits the back of the wall, reflects and inverts again. Yeah comes to your eyes at a different angle than you see so you get the second one over the top mm-hmm. inverted to the first one now i wish someone had told me so i've never seen a double rainbow Never. Yeah. i did not know that they were inverted that's i the, only just discovered it uh, like two weeks ago that's really weird but in the, i've seen it a that, million times in that video yeah. i have to watch the, you know, the video oh my god a double we'll rainbow. link to it that's that's really interesting I, I i watched that as well and didn't didn't notice that it was inverted all right there you go that's my answer i mm-hmm. think i've given my answer and i don't know if i'm right or not all right nice. let's look it up to Wikipedia. Uh, 
died. I, I don't know. I think someone <coughs> drugged our drinks. <coughs> I remember our car breaking down. We went to a house and I had some water. Indeed, my pretty, pretty young things. I have chosen you three to be part of a most thrilling experiment in surgery. You will become my human centipede. Shotgun! Shotgun! Oh. So you can read this? Uh, no, because I, I want you to tell me. Ah, uh, it's, it's so simple. Because, uh, but I want to have it. Have it. I want to have yeah, a yeah, guess. Yeah. Okay, go, go. Yeah. Because you, you're making sounds along the lines of ah. Yes. Yes. Hello. Welcome back. Saying we should, uh, we should start. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, you don't. Oh, you, it's you, annoying. You're not coming back with a huge amount no, of no, no. confidence. I, I, it's, no, it's not. It's 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 now. I've read it and gone. Oh, I've, I've complicated the issue yeah. way too much. But I, my guess. Yes is that the light hits the rainbow yep. and bounces back and comes into your eyes, but some of that light bounces back and then hits raindrops closer to you and refracts through no. those like a lens back to you and creates a second it's rainbow. It's so much simpler. Also wrong? It's also, it's so much simpler. It's, 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 it's so simple. It's now, a it's, reflection, isn't it? No, no, no. It's, no? no, no, no it, it's the same thing. It makes one rainbow, but it makes two. Sometimes the light at a certain angle. Like I said, okay, light goes from your, from the sun. I should have, oh, God. No, 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 I don't suppose you'd know this just by knowing this, but still, yep. I, now I heard it. Of course, it makes so much sense. Light comes from the sun. Yep. It goes to the front of the raindrop, turns into a, the, the colours. Yep. Refracts off the back. Reflects off the back? Reflects. Reflects off the back. But then it d that has a second reflection. That's all it does. If the angle's correct, it reflects twice. You oh, get, you... so it bounces no, It bounces twice. Uh, yes, it bounces, bounces three twice. times in the raindrop uh, and then comes twice. in at a different angle. Twice. Twice in the raindrop. Sometimes we see two rainbows at once. What causes this? We have followed the path of a ray of sunlight as it enters and is reflected inside the raindrop. But not all of the energy of the ray escapes the raindrop after it's reflected once. A part of the ray is reflected again and travels along inside the drop to emerge from the drop. The rainbow we normally see is called the primary rainbow and is produced by internal reflection. The secondary rainbow arises from two internal reflections and the rays exit the drop at an angle of 50 degrees rather than 42 degrees for the red primary bow. Blue light emerges at an even larger angle of 53 degrees. This effect produces a second rainbow that has its colours reversed compared to its primary. There we go. So, instead of using Occam's razor and yeah. trying to make it all about one raindrop, I invoked a second raindrop. Mm -hmm. That's why I went wrong. But my two refractions are correct. Just not one inside the other. Not, not inside the same. I had two refractions happening in two raindrops. I'm declaring that... Slightly correct. I am going to give you zero points. Oh, my God. That's all I wanted. <laughs> because you did at least know about light and reflection and refraction. Yes, and concave and convex. And you didn't so, you, you didn't invoke pixies or anything. That's, and but also it was two. I did say two. I just... I oh, yes, But I it was wrong. always going to be two. Then there it, were two rainbows. Then were, then, as in two, two refractions. I was, I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm happy with... Reflections! That. Stop saying refraction when it's reflecting. Is it reflecting? I keep saying that. Um, sorry, you're right. So it refracts through the front and then reflects off the back. Sorry, yes, you're right. So it's two reflections inside the one raindrop where I had two reflections inside two raindrops. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I walk away with zero points. <sighs> Phew. Okay. Thank you all for coming today. My client will read a prepared statement and will not take questions. 
Mr. Jesus Christ. There's been a lot of discussion of my private life recently in the press, and I'm making this statement to set the record straight. For the past two seasons, the pressures of the job have left me in a state where I required medicinal assistance for my condition. I didn't realise it at the time, but I was developing a substance abuse problem. I found that my use of the combination of the prescription sedative frankincense and the analgesic myrrh had become addicting. I deeply regret the embarrassment I've caused myself, my family, and the club. Thank you. No, I'm sorry. No questions will be taken. But what about these allegations of a romantic tryst between you and Mary Magdalene? Well, Mary's a close personal friend. But is it true that she's a prostitute? That is none of your business. Don't you touch me! This press conference is over! I'll fight you! Now, Mr. Beeston, you old Grinch, which I base nothing on at all, seeing at the start of the podcast you said how much you liked Christmas. <laughs> you hate Christmas. But I, I do like getting visited by ghosts in the evening. So Christmas. We like Christmas. You and I both like Christmas. Yep. But a lot of Christmas songs are religious. Strangely enough. Yeah, it's... like Rudolph the Red-Nosed uh, Martyr. Yes, that's right, yes, that's right. Had a very shiny bomb. There's a lot of Christmas songs that aren't religious. That's true, that's like, true. They're, that, they're, they're the ones that they can sing at kindergarten without like offending people in this nanny state of political correctness. That's not true. It's not no. mandated by governments. We're getting way off topic here. Oh, I, isn't it? You have to be careful. We don't have to be careful. No, we choose to That's be. a nanny state. Someone said we had to be careful. Right. We don't have to listen to them. <laughs> Stuff them. Yeah, as long as you don't put up on your store, no Jews welcome here, you should be fine. Because <laughs> that Dan. would be bad. That would be bad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's good. That's don't good. judge me for saying that would be bad. What are you... <sighs> no, what, no, you're what, right. what bent are you coming at it from? <laughs> I don't know. See, I don't know. I can't answer that question without knowing what final edit of the podcast you put in. <laughs> which means you can't... That's what I'm doing, Dan. <laughs> you're trying to figure out the best way to prevent me from putting in other stuff. Yes. You don't yes, I am. <laughs> It's like a marionette puppet desperately trying to control their master with the strings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. And you, oh, God, what are we talking about? So, Christmas songs, right? Yes. There's Rudolph Rudolph's Rainbow, Frosty the Snowman, and all these kind of oldie pagany songs, which is kind yep. of cool. But a lot of them are Christian songs as well, because, you know, yep. it's, it's, it's now in Western world ostensibly a, a Christian holiday. But yes, Saturnalia and that sort of stuff is there too, but really. And, and of course, the solstice. Northern. Uh, Would the you sub- stop disclaiming no, 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 crazy no, I love pagan. it. I know, I love it. I love it. I, I used to be really into this sort of stuff. I was really into the, the old festivals. Yeah. Uh, I love this. I've researched it a lot. So the solstices and, the, and that sort of stuff, which is great. I love all this sort of stuff. I uh, expect you to get married to someone just by jumping through a fire like, <laughs> wearing a sheet. <laughs> so, well, thing, I do want to be uh, a sky burial. I love the Zoroastrian sky burial, as in they put you on a mountain and the birds just pick out your innards. I think it's great. Oh. It's all, all, awesome. I'm, it's awesome. I've always wanted to have my remains scattered in the ocean, but I don't want a cremation. Oh, it's a burial at sea, like... Yeah, fish food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. grind me up into a paste and then burn. Oh, no, 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 they should just put you in a bag and throw you off the edge. Oh, that's a bit more natural, but it's, it, I want to make it easier for the fish. Oh, Dan, you're lovely. Slurry. Sorry. Dan Slurry. Hey, she was a saint. What are you talking about? What are you uh, talking about? <laughs> so, song. Songs. We're almost at the end of the so show. So we're trying to find... We're tr- so close. <laughs> 
trying to find a uh, a good song that was Christmas based, yeah. but not religious based. Yeah. And seeing last time you mocked my choice of song because it wasn't catchy. I don't know if this is catchy, but this, no. is a, this is a really nice Christmas song. You've probably heard it before. I think yep. most people have. Yeah. I've only just discovered it, mm-hmm. and I really like it. All right. Christmas It's sentimental I know But I just really like it I am hardly religious I'd rather break bread with Dawkins than Desmond Tutu To be honest And yes, I have all of the usual objections To consumerism, to the commercialization of an ancient religion To the westernization of a dead Palestinian press Ganged into selling playstations and beer But I still really like it Looking forward to Christmas Though I'm not expecting A visit from Jesus I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters My gran and my mom They'll be drinking white wine in the sun I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters My gran and my mom They'll be drinking white wine in the sun I don't go in for ancient wisdom Don't believe just cause ideas are tenacious That means that they're worthy I get freaked out by churches Some of the hymns that they sing have nice chords But the lyrics are spooky And yes, I have all of the usual objections To the miseducation of children Who in tax-exempt institutions Are taught to externalize blame And to feel ashamed And to judge things as plain right or wrong But I quite like the song Expecting big presents The old combination of socks, chocks and chocolates Is just fine by me Cause I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters, my gran and my mom They'll be drinking white wine in the sun I'll be seeing my dad, my brother and 
ancestors, my grand and my mom. They'll be drinking white wine in the sun. And you, my baby girl, my jet lagged infant daughter, you'll be handed round the room like a puppy at a primary school. And you won't understand, but you will learn someday that wherever you are and whatever you face, are the people who make you feel safe in this world my sweet blue-eyed girl and if my baby girl when you're 21 or 31 and Christmas comes around and you find yourself nine thousand miles from home You'll know whatever comes Your brothers and sisters and me and your mom Will be waiting for you in the sun Whenever you come Sisters, your aunts and your uncles, your grandparents, cousins, and me and your mom will be waiting for you in the sun, drinking white wine in the sun. Darling, when Christmas comes, we'll be waiting for you in the sun, drinking white wine in the sun, waiting for you in the sun, waiting for you. Sentimental, I know. So that was Tim Mention's White Wine in the Sun. Australia's national treasure. He is, which he never comes here anymore, I don't think. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he, he made his... I've, I've got a kind of a love-hate relationship with Tim Mention. I mean, he, he agrees with a lot of stuff that I agree with, and he's got a beautiful <laughs> voice, and yes. he's an amazing, talented musician, and he's funny, and he's clever. And it's good in bed. And sometimes... I think the problem is sometimes some of his things that he does seems a l- like he's pushing the agenda more than all the other stuff that he does. And for some reason, <laughs> he, it feels for, to Could me be- like he's skirting the border between being perfect for me and kind of pissing me off. Yeah. Well, and, the, the, like the Pope one. He wrote a really, a really uh, oh, offensive, funny. offensive against the Pope song, but he yeah. actually wrote it for that reason. So yeah. I looked it up on YouTube. Just type in Pope and Tim Minchin and enjoy. Yeah. 
But or, or it'll be in the uh, probably be in the show notes. Oh well, okay. But let's let's talk about that song. But, I but really that like song, that song. That re- song is is really really nice. It it's is touching. It's clever and funny mm. in a, sort of a charming way. I think that song says something very important about the t- people who say that Christmas. People have forgotten the true meaning of Christmas, mm. which is to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. It's mm. too much Santa and yeah, uh, and, and, and Christmas and celebration. Mm. And they say this is a, a holiday for Christianism. Mm. And to that. I say, get f***ed, you c***s. Because you know Dan. what? No, f*** that shit. That song made me really angry. Because you know why? what? Why does that song make you angry? I'll tell you why it made me angry. Because you know what? That song sings about what Christmas should be to every single person. Engaging with the people that you love. That's right. Rather than worshipping some f***ing sky goat. Beard in the sky nonsense. I swear to God, sometimes I just want to come down there and f*** everything up well i like the song because it's nice and it's australian and I, I i don't know i wasn't expecting an angry reaction to it I was, it's it's and it's australian it's australian white wine hot sun family that's christmas none of the snow rubbish snow is rubbish what's that snow i had someone recently tell me how you don't get snow in brisbane i went and thank god for that snow is awful like you see it on television, and it's and it's powdery and fun, and you go woo, and it's like it's like it's like someone put cocaine everywhere. It's brilliant, but but no, it's it's actually slurry and cold and wet, and when you get it on your skin, it burns, and it's awful. Me, wasn't it, it is awful. It's awful. I'm, I'm I'm angry about that now too. <laughs> Now look, you've been listening to the Christmas special of Smart Enough No Better. We're angry about it. And if you don't want us to get angrier, you better go to iTunes and you better review. You better review. Now, if you want to, go to iTunes and review the show so we can get found out. It takes two minutes to review. Uh, or write your, your angry comments <laughs> to dan at smartenough.org. Or, you bring it. Or greg at smartenough.org. Uh, and, but more importantly, more importantly, is you better have a Merry Christmas. You better and a Good New Year, because I swear to God, I do not have the patience for this shit anymore! (laughs) The worst Christmas ending ever! I'm going to put it straight. I'm going to get the facts out there, because I believe strongly in this sort of rubbish. rubbish. Well done, Greg. Sell your case. I had a perfect visual image of the lecture theatre I was in when I learned about optics <laughs> at university. So I'm sitting there going, don't look at me! Look at the board! Look at the board! Look at the lecturer! No, not his pants! Yes, they were lovely! His shoes were brilliant! He was, he was like a funky lecturer. I really liked this guy. He's a really nice guy. And, he, and <laughs> You were just wooed by him. And his name was Andrew. I remember the lecturer's first name. But can I rem- And I can remember rough ray diagrams. But it's like, he talked about this! And I'm like, oh, he's dreamy. <laughs> don't look at his eyes! <laughs> <laughs> Such a nice Tim Minchin song. <laughs> it's got you calling our audience. <laughs> <laughs>